Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Camera Podcast, pubs, pints, and people. Welcome to the Camera Podcast, Pubs, Pints, People, where we chat about everything under the sun when it comes to beer, pubs, pints and cider. My name is Matt Bundy and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts Katie Wiles and Amp Fiorillo. Hello both. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Well, <laughs> today we're going to be hosting a very topical show by speaking with brew pubs about how they've been managing through the COVID crisis and the unprecedented closure of the nation's favourite pubs. That's right, and we have two new correspondents who are taking on those interviews for us. Stella Sims has very kindly gotten in touch with the idea because she lives next to the Hand in Hand pub in Brighton, and we're going to be hearing all about some of the fantastic work they've been doing to stay afloat and continue trading during lockdown, as well as supporting the NHS key workers in the area. And she took that interview on for us, so a big welcome to Stella for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely looking forward to that and welcome to Stella. Our second interview this week is with Hail to the Ale Pub, which was conducted by David King, who's something of an unsung hero on our podcast. Now, David helps us with editing down all of the wonderful banter and, <laughs> and whatnot that we get up to each week and behind the scenes. And he also organises the audio version of both the What's Brewing and Beer Magazines for Camera, which you can access by visiting wb.camera.org. UK. So as always a huge thank you to all our volunteers who are helping with editing and interviews and sending us ideas. It's fantastic that we've got so many new people involved and if any listeners, anybody else wants to get involved with the podcast production just drop us a line on podcast at camera.org.uk or you can get in touch with us on our new Twitter handle which is at pubs pints people. I'm really loving having our own show's Twitter handle it's been so nice to chat one to one with our listeners, get some feedback on the show huge thank you to everyone who's followed us and been chatting with us on that Twitter feed. Yes, and if you've not done that yet, don't be shy. We're all one very big, loving, happy family of <laughs> it here at Pubs Pints People. And don't forget, if you want to join the campaign and you're not already a member, or you've got your membership up for renewal, you've had the email from John, remember it's only £26 a year and your membership 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 helps support the production of this podcast along with all of our campaigns to help the pubs and, of course, the brewing industry during this time and beyond. Absolutely. And before we jump into the interviews, we've got to give a plug to a brand new title that's coming out from Camera this week. A fantastic book that's called The Real Heritage Pubs of the South East. 
and it's a guide written by the man, the legend, Jeff Brandwood, who was on our podcast a few weeks ago talking about heritage pubs. So if you're interested in what he had to say, uh, there's lots of fantastic pubs in that area in the new book. So uh, go to the camera website and give it a buy. The book features the very best heritage pubs all the way from Berkshire to the Isle of Wight. So if you're looking to plan a heritage pub crawl on July 4th when the pubs reopen, make sure to get your copy so you know where to head. It's going to be an important day, isn't it, for so many in the industry, uh, let alone for the drinkers themselves. So let's have a little chat with some of those pubs owners. We're going to be kicking off with Stella's interview with Jen Dalby, the landlady at the Hand in Hand in Brighton. Over to you, Stella. Learn and discover. It's been hand in hand since around 1850s, 60s or so. I don't think it's ever changed name since then. It's always remained the hand in hand. In 1989, the roof was actually removed by Bev Robbins, who was, I do believe, the founder of Camera, the South Branch. And he installed a tower brewery which runs across about four floors of the pub. And that was in 1989 that he started brewing there. Sadly, he passed away, what, maybe 15 years ago now? But the the brewery remains there. And Brighton Beer actually started off there probably about eight years ago or so. And my husband and I bought the lease from Brenda Robbins, which is Bev's wife, 2015. And in 2016... We started brewing again, but under Hambruco, which is now our brewery. And we're still brewing now, even though there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> Do you also brew off-site or is it all on-premises? We've had to brew off-site recently for a couple of reasons. One was capacity, just basically we're selling a lot of beer to other pubs now. So if we just brew in the pub, it's it's definitely enough for just what the pub needs. But to sell to other premises, the capacity is too small. So we brew at the hand and we also cuckoo brew at other places just to kind of meet the demand, really. And that's been at Loudshirt, which is just down the road. And we've bought a second premises over in Worthing. So we're not not brewing at the hand. We're just brewing over two sites, basically. How has the COVID situation and lockdown impacted your pub in particular? You know, So... I suppose just going back a little bit, is like where, the pub is never shut knowingly that I know. Definitely not since I've had it. It's it's open every single day of the year. So I'm open, at, you know, Christmas, even when we got married, I still kept the pub open. So when the news came to shut the pub, I was really upset because I was, I was really relieved, actually, because I was, I, you know, I've got a lot of my um, clients are older and I saw they were at risk and I felt really guilty for being open I felt guilty for you know for my staff you know for their safety but also a lot of my clients and and regulars and stuff are older and, and they were at a higher risk of catching it so I felt really guilty for being open but also because that week was really strange wasn't it it was kind of pubs can stay open but yet don't go to them. So I was like, well, what do you want us to do? I felt like, you know, it was like the orchestra on the Titanic. You know, we just kept playing. Yeah, it was really confusing. Yeah. It was really confusing. And I just thought we were kind of hung out to dry a bit. But when I listened to the announcement on the Friday, I think it was like 5.20. And I listened, I sat downstairs in the bar and I listened to it on my phone. And I went upstairs and I cried. <laughs> and then I came back downstairs at half past five. 
and I shut the doors and whoever was in the pub at the time, I gave them a pint on the house and then just let everybody slowly drink their pints and then just let them leave one by one, really. And then um, I think I slept for that week (laughs) coming up to it because running the pub, even when I have taken a holiday, like I'm always checking in on staff to make sure they're okay and you know that there hasn't been any dramas or nothing's broken in the cellar and you know I can't really ever switch off so I think when I shut the doors that was completely taken out of my hands I remember around about week two and a half three I was like I need to do something this isn't going to go anywhere I need to start adapting I thought right I'll get a milk float and I'll put some I'll blast some jazz out of it and I'll be a beer maid essentially (laughs) and go and deliver beer to people's doorstops (laughs) well yeah and I would have done it but it was like a milk floats around about three and a half to six grand they're not cheap (laughs) and charging it's a bit of an issue and all that stuff so I ruled out that one then I started looking at ice cream vans because I thought that could be another option but they're pretty expensive and then it kind of got whittled down to bikes basically (laughs) so I bought an old butcher's bike yeah it was a beer bike but we were pouring well basically whilst I was looking at that round about week two Jack the brewer and my business partner he said why don't we get a crowler so we can can the beer and deliver it so we ordered that and thinking it would only take three weeks to get here but it actually only arrived this weekend so we ordered that back in March and it arrived on last Thursday <laughs> so in the meantime round about week five it was I thought I can't sit here and wait for this canning machine to arrive and I was going a bit nuts I think at that point because I thought we got the grant that was great and staff are furloughed that's great but I was just like that's not sustainable it's not the government can't just keep paying my rent and you know giving us a break something has to change here so I thought instead of me just sitting down because every day I would still go to the pub I would open the curtains I'd clean everything down and I'd get my laptop out and I would just plan like could I do this could I do that and then I thought well instead of just sitting here with the door shut I've got an off sales license and I phoned up somebody who I knew had some milk cartons and I said can I borrow a box off you please and I sold out in a day and then I said, can you give me any spare milk bottles that you've got? And since then, I've been open every day doing off sales and it's been crazy busy. So, yeah, it's been nuts. Obviously, one of the other things which you've done, which has been a a great thing is, you know, you're obviously very connected to the community. Hmm. And I know you did the this uh, bar tab scheme for. Oh, yes. 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 Could you could you describe that and how that came about? Yeah, so I would really like to think that I'm I'm connected to the community. I know not everybody does like the pub, but I can't please all the people all the time. I'd say as a majority, the pub is well liked, and a lot of people have been really worried about the pub. And when this just going off piece a little bit, but when when the lockdown was approaching, I was really moved by people offering me money, large sums of money as well. On the first day, you know, I had three people contact me, offering me their, their savings. And I, I was really quite moved by that. It's a bit emotional. And I said, no, no, I'll be, I'll be OK. Don't worry. And this is people who don't even live in Brighton offering me money, my, like friends' mums and friends' boyfriends saying, oh, I've got a bonus coming in next month. It's 10 grand. You can have it. Don't worry about paying me back. I'm in no rush for it. And I, I was just like, oh, my God. These are people who aren't even living, you know, around the street. So I think that kind of just echoes a bit how much the pub means to people on every Thursday it was this clap for the NHS at 8pm and I think at first 
everyone joined in and then I think everyone thought this is just a little bit insulting do you know what I mean like doctors and nurses aren't paid enough or properly it's totally underfunded and here we are clapping so a neighboring street decided that they would instead of clapping at eight o'clock they had a whip round and they got together a hundred quid and they said look we'll put it behind the bar so a that helps me out and b that gives NHS workers a pint you know after a long hard shift and then because we've been doing really well I just said that I'd match it so I doubled the bar tab then I thought well if people wanted to add to it they could and then like a few days later a guy walked past who apparently used to drink in the pub years ago and just said let me put 100 quid on the tab so then all of a sudden we had a 300 pound bar tab for NHS workers and then even now people come up and they'll say can I have two pints please and put one on the tab so it's still getting added to. I kind of need to go through it, actually, because it's got a bit out of control. <laughs> I need to see where I'm at with it. But, yeah. That's amazing. And, and obviously you're, you, the, the pub is actually quite near one of Brighton's main hospitals, isn't it? Yeah, it's not too far from the Sussex County. And we've got nurses and doctors who drink in the pub. And a few, you know, I, I texted them as soon as it came up just to let them know. And then they've obviously told their colleagues and they came down and they just said they, they really, really appreciate it as well. It's 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 lovely to see that. They're like, they're, they're really humble and, you know, they don't abuse it either. They're just like, oh, thank you so much. And then they come back the next day and they buy a pint. So, that yeah, it's really nice. Pubs, good pubs and you have a strong community and really care about the community. I think they can come back and will bob back. I think pubs that maybe are a bit faceless, a lot of pubs, especially community pubs, have quite a strong hold. Do you know what I mean? I think they will come back because people want that and they don't want to see them go. But maybe like big town centre pubs that don't have that regular custom, Mm. they might struggle to come back. I just, the responsibility, I mean, the pub's been hand in hand since 1850. And if it, I can't let it sink on my watch. That just, it's not an option. Pandemic or not, that's just not happening. Learn and discover. Wow, that was a really touching interview, wasn't it? You, you sometimes forget about the strong relationships that the licensees develop with their regulars. And I, I like that Jen was alluding to how in some respects she was relieved when the pubs were ordered to close because it meant that those regulars that she has coming in were at least at home safe and sound. Who would have known how expensive milk floats are these days? Mm. <laughs> or ice cream chocolate. Or ice, ice cream, cream you know what I mean? <laughs> she, she, she had the milk float and all the, went all the way down to a bike in the end, but she made it work and I like that. I really connected where she was talking about how she felt when she heard that announcement come in on that Friday about the yeah. nation closing pubs. And I really think that's going to be one of those experiences that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. And because it was just so impactful. I remember I was working with the people at camera, putting together the press statement about it at 5pm on a Friday. And I almost felt like I had to pinch myself. I was like, I'm not actually writing a statement about every single pub in England closing, am I? Like this, this isn't, (laughs) this doesn't seem right. Yeah, It was just so surreal. I think what's been really encouraging, though, is to see the response from the communities uh, that know how important local pubs are to them. And I think it's really heartwarming how people have offered their support. Some people offering their savings, you know, yeah. bonuses to mm. keep the pub going, not just Amazing. going out and, buy, and keeping them going with buying the takeaway products and everything that they're offering. I remember reading back in March that there was a mystery man who arranged to buy his entire village fish and chips, which was delivered from the Fox Inn in Denchworth in Oxfordshire oh, to kind yeah, of give the give the pub a boost to give it the income to keep it going. Uh, and I think it, it, the situation has brought out the best in so many people. 
It totally has. And, you know, similarly, the whip round to put the money in the pot for NHS workers to grab a pint after the hard shift. These are just some wonderful little ideas. And you've seen it and read about it up and down the country. And I think what was special about that interview is where Jen said they should then match whatever was put in that kitty, despite not being able to trade. And it, it just really demonstrates for me what an important role pubs play in the local community. And how much they care about their community as well. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, really poignant, isn't it? We all know the government has indicated that pubs should begin to reopen in just a few weeks, um, at least in England. (laughs) Hopefully, by the time this airs on Tuesday, we'll have some indication from the government about what that will look like. As of the recording, we still haven't heard anything. We don't know what that's going to look like. If it's going to be two metres or one metre or plexiglass or, you know... Straws, really long straws. There's so much speculation and it's going to be really hard for pubs to reopen, first of all, without knowing what the restrictions are going to be. And also some pubs just simply won't be able to because they're going to be too small or indoors and they won't have that space to let people come in. And also we're going to have lots of people who won't necessarily be able to get down to the pub on the 4th because they're still shielding or they might be unwell. So there's a lot going on and we're not going to bounce back on the 4th and everything's going to be peachy, is it? No, unfortunately not. It's going to be, as you're absolutely right, Walsy, some some of those smaller ones are are going to have to take it in their stride. And I suppose it's all down to us as consumers and as fellow landlords and landladies to support each other in those towns, villages and wherever else. And just on that note, we are still going to be running our Brew to You app and our Pulling Together pages because we are aware that a lot of those pubs might not be able to reopen. So we want to make sure that for those people who can't go to those pubs or those pubs that can't reopen, they can still buy their beer directly through the app or online so that they can continue supporting those trades. If we have any brewers or pub owners listening to the podcast and you're in that position, why not sign up to the Brew to You app and then try and get some more income through that way? Absolutely. And don't forget, once the pubs do start to reopen, the What Pub directory online will also be up and running and you can start to pinpoint mm. where the boozers are opening up in your area. We got some good news from a survey that Camera undertook last week of 22,000 pub goers. And we wanted to find out how confident consumers actually are about going back down the pub. And it actually found that 65 percent of the of people are confident to go back down the pub when they reopen so it shows that there's a there's a demand there you know people do want to go and down the, down the pub and support yeah. the pubs that have been going through this time so i think that shows that there's some real potential there they'll have to line up behind me <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well I'll tell you what, now before we all make a break for the pub i think we can all agree that having some nice food and drink at home has been the thing that's been keeping us going hasn't it mm. it's the only thing keeping me going <laughs> it's, it's per- perfect combination you know lovely bit of booze lovely bit of food and i think the weekly recipes from sue the legend that is sue uh, who's been sending those into us they they've been the perfect combination great example from this week she's uh, sent us a recipe for beer baked bramley she sent us a lovely note as always and she says that she's indebted to the tesco deliverers of course we all are you know Mm. yeah yeah they got to all the supermarket deliverers out there keeping us uh, fed and watered one of the interesting things about supermarket ordering online is you get the substitutions don't you and she says, on the whole, they do a great job, but she had a few surprises. So request for a Savoy cabbage. She got some frozen shredded cabbage, which she describes as not a successful product. 
That's <laughs> <laughs> very kind. Um, she ordered uh, she ordered a few weeks, and she said she got three monsters that would have won giant leak at any horticultural show. Yeah, I, I've had that, you know. I've seen. I'll give you, give me four carrots, and oh my goodness me! Yeah, it's a good year for veg, I think. Leave the veg to their own devices. You know, they grow very well. One that inspired the recipe this week. So she said that she put mincemeat on the list, thinking she'd get you know a nice bit of beef meat for shepherd's pie or chili, and she received a jar of mincemeat as in mince pies. Oh no! So I see where they're coming from. Oh you know, no! It's fair. It's, it's uh, she says, "Was I bothered? Nah." So she said, <laughs> I said, "I've run out of dried fruit, so I use it to stuff baked apples with a liberal slurp of a dark, spicy ale." Oh, and yeah. as it happens, I've got McEwen's Champion, a big fruity oh. number, or oh, seven point three percent, lovely. Oh lovely. yes. And winner of a national Tesco beer challenge, which Sue helped judge many years ago. So hence the name Champion. I love Sue. She's fantastic. And you know, you can find <laughs> this recipe and all of the other recipes that she sent to us in the episode show notes each week. And of course, you can see them in What's Brewing by visiting wb.camera.org.uk. So without further delay, let's hand over to David King for our second interview. And this one is with Angela and Gary Morton from the Hail to Ale pub and Morton Brewery in Essington. Desert Island Beer. Well, as you'll know, if you've been around the city of Wolverhampton recently, pubs and restaurants are closed. Earlier this week, I had a chat with Angela and Gary Morton from the Hail to the Ale pub and also Morton's Brewery in Essington to find out just how they're coping with COVID-19 and adapting their business. First of all, though, I thought I'd better check they're both still healthy and well. We're both fine, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Thanks very much, Dave. In good health. Jolly good. Now, I'd, I'd kind of like to talk, if I can, about the, the sort of two sides of the business and get an idea of just how different things are now from where we were maybe three months ago. So if I could perhaps start, Gary, with the, the brewery, first of all. Are you sort of operating at the same levels? Um, no, not at all. Um, we were going along nicely up until the end of March, as as you know. And then uh, overnight, sort of ceased production when we when the pub got shut down because it effectively reduced my customer base to one. And I had a lot of stock at the brewery, so we we had to work our way through the stock. And once that got to a reasonable level, I commenced brewing again. But it's on a, a bi-weekly basis, so every yeah. other week I'm brewing instead of every week. But you've not, um, and we've seen pictures on the news and social media of barrels of beer being poured down the drain which even now sends a shiver down my spine uh you, you've certainly not been no we, we managed to save everything um excellent as so the the beer goes into the micropub which is operating as a off license so that allowed us to gradually move the stock um to a reasonable point where i could start brewing again so we had zero waste none at all Well done you. Now, I mean, quite a few pubs have closed down. You, I don't know if you were shut at all or at what point you decided, well, we can't be a pub, so let's be an off-license. I mean, how did that decision come about? We didn't shut at all. Once um, Boris had announced that all pubs were to close on the Friday, we didn't know how we were going to operate, but we did come back and we came up with a plan. We worked until, what, three o'clock in the morning, um, figuring out what we were going to do, and the next morning we opened up as a how to the air off-license. How does that operate? Well, it's um, takeout only. And we also like had a little con- convenience store area as well because that was mostly you know, for the helping the community. 
Um, the brewery um, supplies hail to the ale, and obviously we can supply. We've got a license for off sale, so that's how we did it. So are you selling just your own beers? Are you getting guests in as well? Well, no, we, we've still continued um, selling ours alongside guests. Um, as I say, we had a few in stock on the day of lockdown, and then since then I've been managed to source some on a regular basis, so we can still offer the variation. We have four beers on offer, two of ours and two guests. And some breweries are still uh, there's some still brewing at, at the moment, so Guy can still do... Uh, yeah, we have to, had to buy some in, or we've had to, to swap, so it's been pretty good, really, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if it's hitting the bigger brewers, perhaps worse, worse than sort of you smaller, dare I say, artisan brewers. Well, yes, it, it would do, because they've got higher costs. There's only the two of us running the businesses at the moment, so all our costs have been cut to the bare minimum. So we can we can tick over with a fairly low turnover. You've also shown great flexibility with with how you're operating the micropub as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. As I say, we we, we went, it was a seamless link. We we went from pub one day to off license the next, and uh, we've continued that way over the last eleven weeks. There must be there must be quite a few people listening who are like me that, in all honesty, haven't ventured out. Whilst I've been out for walks and so on, and the occasional drive to collect some shopping, I've not actually been in any other building in the last ten weeks. So if you imagine, <laughs> imagine me approaching now the hail to the ale, how have you organised people coming in and out? How, did, what am I greeted with when I arrive? Right, yeah. Smile. <laughs> Usually a queue. Good, good. Oh, yeah. um, and then there's, there's two maximum customers allowed in the serving area at a time. So there'd be someone at the serving counter, and then we have a waiting area where people can just stand and decide what they want when they it's their turn. So it is like on a strict rotation basis, one in, one out, and. It's, it's all fairly safe and everyone can keep the distance. We have a counter. Everything's all displayed and it, differently, as it was um, prior to us um, being an off-licence. Um, well, it's all very, it's very well organised. Why don't you come and visit us, Dave, and then we'll show you. Dare I? <laughs> Dare I? Yes, you'll be, you'll be safe. Social distancing. So I, I come into the building after the, uh, yep. the queue and... Presumably at that point, that's the point at which I, I see what beer you've got. Or are you putting it on social media as to what beers you've got on? Well, yes, the, the display boards are visible in, in the off-licence, as, as, as they were in the pub before. We mm. just brought them forward um, to the serving area rather than on the back bar by the wall, by the bar. Um, so what people are doing, in the, the, they've either got a container which you can put beer in, or if they haven't, we sell empty four-pint and eight-pint jerry cans, and they can they can fill up with whatever they want and take it away, along with a selection of bottles that we've got as well. If you, I mean, if you're buying beer in the containers, how long does it last? You basically come and buy it to take away and drink on the day, really. Yeah. I mean, it's as, as you know with real ale, it is a fresh product, so um, you know, it, the quicker you drink it, the better. As long as you keep it at the right temperature, though. I mean, if we do say to people, obviously, keep it in the fridge, um, you know, and keep it at this temperature, then it, it will last a couple of days. Um, sure. But it's fine. We've, we've been selling um, 16-pint boxes as well. And you say you're selling groceries as well? Yeah, but in the early days when uh, this all, when it all started, the, no one could get anything. We realised that we had access to cash and carries. So we went in our cash and carry and bought a load of non-perishable goods, um, including toilet roll, <laughs> <laughs> and just to help out uh, the local people that couldn't get anything. 
So that that was just purely done on a non-profit basis, just to just to help out. Yeah, baked beans and that was and things like that, wasn't it? Baked beans, your pasta, your, your tins of fish, you know, any, anything that that stocks up your food cupboard that doesn't perish. There's been some hints that the government might be giving the go-ahead for pubs and restaurants late June, July time. Well, we're, the only the only um, date we've really had is the fourth of of July, mm-hmm. and that, even that was a maybe. And then there was talk on the news last week, wasn't there, with Boris Johnson talking to his uh, select committee that he might be able to bring it forward. But nothing really has been expanded on that at all. Industry is saying they need at least four weeks' notice. They've got to stock the, the, the sellers, stock, stock the food, notify the staff, and, and, you know, go through training. So, you know, you, you can shut down overnight, but you certainly can't open up overnight. How do you think you will operate in, say, you know, a month or two months' time? We know social dis- distancing is going to be implemented, along with a lot of other guidelines. So um, we're sort of anticipating what those guidelines will be. We think they'll be fairly similar to the retail guidelines. And so we're just preparing ourselves for that. Um, we know we're going to be trading at reduced capacity. And it may even start with beer garden only. Yeah, there's been a lot of planning, really. Um, you know, we've uh, we've worked it out, the distancing and... Um, yeah, and all the signage. Yeah, the signage is all done. Risk assessments now. So we've moved furniture. At from, least we, you know, at least while we're trading this way, we can be prepared for the announcement when it's made. Well, well done, the pair of mm-hmm. you. I mean, what, what's your opening hours at the moment? Well, we've cut them down to <laughs> half what they used to be. So um, we open on Thursday at 6pm till 9 Friday the same, Saturday 3pm till 9pm, then Sunday 1pm till 5pm. But it's all on the website? The website is up and running with all the information everyone that anyone needs. We have a live beer board as well. And we have a live beer board on, on, there on the as website. Well, so you can constantly see what what um, on dispense. Right. So you can be sat in the car with your phone on saying, quick, quick, this one's still on, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite, hurry up. <laughs> We have yeah. had the odd occasion when yeah. someone has rushed up and in, in, in the 10 minutes it's took him to yeah. get there, it's changed. Oh, the, <laughs> the pain, the pain. Can <laughs> Give us the web address, Gary. The web address is hailtothealmicropub.co.uk. Thank you both very much and take You're care. Welcome. Desert Island Beer. Well, another great interview there. And I tell you, it's interesting to hear the thought process and the steps that pub owners have gone to dramatically change up their whole business models overnight. You know, mm. incredible changes that they're making just to stay afloat. And I love the sound of the live beer board on the website. That sounds fantastic. Mm, oh, definitely. yeah, totally. I mean, David, by the way, can read me a bedtime story any day of the week. <laughs> He's got a voice like Silk, man. But you know what? I was really struck in this interview by what Angela said regarding what they did in those hours that followed the lockdown announcement. So, you know, staying up until three o'clock in the morning, just thinking, right, what do we do here? How do we carve out the plan? And they mm. won't have been the only ones for sure. I think what's really poignant is, again, that community focus, I think, for these pubs with Angela and Gary setting up the cash and carry a bit on a non-profit basis to help the locals out with the food. I mean, we all remember the Lou Roll saga a few months back. <laughs> And I think it's just it's just another classic example of this is more than just brewing beer. It's mm. all about that community and helping each other out. And you come together to share something that's quite delicious at the end of it. And that's almost like the perk of it. I think that the pub means something so special to so many people. And there's so many 
fantastic examples out there about what people have been doing during lockdown and how they've really pitched in to be very community focused or set up charitable causes we could probably just do this podcast on those examples yeah. and have it running for you know years without any other focuses or angles if you know of any of these examples or you are one of those pub or brewery owners who's done something really special why don't you get in touch and tell us what you've been doing? Drop us a line on pubs, pints and people on Twitter and we can look at how we can share your story across the camera and beyond. Give us a tweet. We'd love to hear what everybody's up to. Now, it's time that we dive into the archives once more. And this time we're looking at a few articles about real ill off licenses. Ooh. And the first is an article from What's Brewing in October 1975 which reads that supermarkets can't beat the old draft off licenses. And this is following the announcement that Marks and Spencer were about to launch a range of beers. That's a newfangled mm. stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Marks and Spencer in the days, and, which they described uh, controversially as the nearest canned equivalent to real ale. <laughs> I love and that. Yeah, so, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit. I'm not sure that's quite right. Uh, but they said it says that no details have been forthcoming. I bet they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about the new beers, but there'll have to be a lot better than canned and buttered beers currently available in supermarkets for anyone who likes their beer quite right too <laughs> that's it i absolutely love this piece so it's <laughs> it reads uh, 11 brands of beer sold under supermarkets own names were analyzed so the panel of camera tasters compared all the different supermarket brands and the consensus was that they were all of low quality and poor value for money the tasters were told to be as fair as possible and constructive with their comments but individual verdicts varied from oh my god it's awful at the worst <laughs> to a smooth drink at the best <laughs> brilliant there's, there are more of these. Check this out. So there, here was another one. A thoroughly unpleasant experience I wouldn't want to repeat. There's a total <laughs> lack of character in them all, and I wouldn't buy any of them. <laughs> and then, and then this one from Michael Hardman, one of the founders. He said. The flavours of neither malt nor hops comes through. So what was he drinking? Just, Such a burn. Spring, just some water. Spring water. Yeah. <laughs> dear, oh dear. The article came with results of the camera test on it. Of course it did. And mm-hmm. uh, notes against each of those beers in the ABV, which hovered for most of them around 2%, surprisingly mm. enough. So no wonder dear, they tasted right? like dish water. Yeah, a bit, <laughs> bit, bit of shandy in a can, dear. It takes me back. Well, well, it's like what Bill was saying last week about the beers being so weak back in the 1970s when you actually found the ABVs that you could give them to kids as shandies. He wasn't kidding, <laughs> yeah, was yeah, he? That, no, They're all around 2%. Not. Love it. And we've had a, another, a submission through Twitter from uh, Ian Lowe, who sent us uh, from the 1984 Avon Local Beer Guide. And it, it's uh, an idea that was before its time. Sounds like a lockdown idea, but uh, <laughs> right back in 1984, it was a camera initiative called CART and CAT, which starts for it's a great, it's a great acronym, the, the, the campaign for real take home. <laughs> I love, love it. Acronym. CART. Love it. Fantastic. Bring it back. <laughs> well done, Ada. Well done, Ava. That's fantastic. It says the, the idea was to encourage people to choosing to drink at home to get a barrel or a jug of ale for a real ale off license rather than settling for cans of fizzy beer. Fantastic. There you go. Fast forward to today and boom, root to you. 
I know. And actually, really interestingly, when I was talking to Stella about this episode, she was telling me about how that was the original role of a lot of pubs was to, to have those takeaway containers that you fill up. But actually, there's it's kind of going back in time in some ways. So this article encourages you to bring your own take-home container with you to the local, ask the landlord to fill it up. However, it's just not asking them to fill it up half a dozen containers at three minutes to closing time. Yeah, that's always sound advice. <laughs> Last orders. Alrighty then, it's time for last orders. What have you two been drinking this week? Well, I've got a delivery from my brother who lives here up in Newcastle. He's got one from Durham Brewery, and I've been drinking a Cloister Premium Bitter, which actually was one of the first ones involved in one of the Red Online tasting sessions. A, a, a oh. session with Durham Brewery up there, so it's great to finally get my hands on that. This week, I very bravely ventured into Leighton Buzzard Town Centre to oh. my favorite local the black lion which is literally the best pub it's got an amazing how much are they paying you (laughs) (laughs) they've got such a good beer range a really knowledgeable staff and they've got a gin garden for when you're too full of beer (laughs) so i got their citra oakum on tap so you get like four pints for a tenner so that was a favorite of mine so i got that this week how about you Ant? well in my weekly pick and mix this time i treated myself to a bottle of 1698 which is from Shepherd Neem. I tell you what, it's lip smacking. It's a delight to drink. Really, it's the one you've got to savour though, because it's thrice hopped, which is one more than twice, and it's <laughs> and it's bottle conditioned, so it's got a real healthy six and a half percent ABV to offer. Ooh. And I thought, well, because it's got because it's just a, a number. I always like to research the beers on the internet. I found out that this beer has got protected geographical indication which is basically what they give to champagne and parma ham. So mm. you need drinking the proper stuff when you see it on the shelf. 1698 from Shepherd Neem. Delightful. Next week, we're going to be learning a bit about American beer styles. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be sitting down with Lottie Peplo, who is a craft beer ambassador for the Brewers Association of America. Still my favourite job title. <laughs> as well as Rooster's Brewery, who will be talking about the influence of American beers on the British beer scene and their collaboration with Odell. Very good. Until then, Mr Bondi, what are you toasting this week? Yeah, I've got a quote, uh, actually a Czech proverb. I thought I'd go a bit unusual, uh, one this <laughs> week. Uh, and that is, a fine beer may be judged with only one sip, but it's better to be thoroughly sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drink to that. Cheers! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How 
us a free case of beer sound. Yes, you can grab a case for free courtesy of our pals at Beer 52 by going to www.beer52.com forward slash people. That's the numbers 52 in the 52 and covering the meagre postage cost of £5.95. And what's more, as a special offer for our listeners, they'll throw in two extra beers for free. So that's 10 unique craft beers. Beer 52 is actually the biggest beer club in the world. Each month, they send their members a case of beer from a different part of the world, and this month it's an absolute belter. Their great European road trip case takes in the best beers from across the continent. So try a crisp, refreshing Pilsner from Norway's Lervig Brewery and a monster 7.5 double IPA from Sweden's Durges Brewery. On the dark side this month, there's a smooth stout from Copenhagen's Tool. There's also beer from Croatia, Poland, Germany, Serbia and Austria, among others. And if dark beer's not your thing, you can choose the light-only case. Also included is the ever-insightful Ferment magazine and a couple of tasty snacks. And even if, after all that, you're still unsatisfied, you can simply pause or cancel at any time. So head over to wwwbeer 52 that's the numbers 5 and 2, dot com forward slash people to claim your free case of 10 beers now. 